Buck and Abdallah in for Waddle and Sylvie today here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. We're talking football with you. If you want to join the conversation, you can call us at 312-332-3776. Abdallah on the lakefront on Sunday, the Bears and the Lions. It's a big game for Matt Eberflus and Justin Fields. Absolutely. I think it's the most important game out of the uh, next five because... If you only win a couple games and those only couple games happen to be the uh, the Falcons and the Cardinals, those teams aren't as good. It's not in the division. It doesn't build any momentum. You're coming off a bye. Like everything lines up that the Bears should be in and have a chance at winning this game especially with the extra time off, you're at home, all that good stuff. You can listen to the game right here on ESPN 1000 on Sunday. You'll hear Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer with the call of the game. And every Friday at 3 o'clock with Waddle and Sylvie, you get to hear Tom Thayer, and he's with Black and Abdallah right now, filling in for Waddle and Sylvie. Tom, are you fired up for Sunday's game? I am. You know, a lot of the same thing you guys said. I think this game has a lot to prove. And if the Bears, um, you know, looking into the future – if they ultimately want to compete for a playoff position, you have to be able to win games in your division. And they should have won in Detroit. They went on to win in Minnesota. And now Detroit coming to Chicago, they have to prove a point and go out there and beat them. So, um, like you guys, I, I look for the divisional games to win. But I'd like for them to win the rest of them. And, um, you know, I, I think we'll see what happens in Cleveland because they have a good defense and that's going back to the scene of the crime of Justin's first start. And uh, mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a pretty brutal game. Tom, you were with us a couple of weeks ago filling in on uh, Bears night in Chicago. And you, this was leading into the first Lions game this season. You, you, you felt something. You said that, you know, this team is going to show up. They're going to play well. Do you have those same vibes for the Chicago Bears as they head into uh, this situation where they, they blew that lead late against the Lions? They showed up. They played good football. They just didn't get the victory. And now this is kind of like a revenge situation for the Bears. Um, yeah, I, I, I still I feel confident. Um, I think the Bears have made significant improvement in their uh, pass rush uh, ability. And you had Jared, you know, you have Jared Goff. He's, you know, the only guy he's thrown a pass for them. Uh, I think he's got like 28 rushing attempts for 21 yards. So it shows you he doesn't have great escape ability. And um, they were able to get close enough to him to create pressure on him where he threw some interceptions at home, which he rarely does. But um, I, I would like to see the defensive performance even increased and be better down the stretch. Just like on the offensive side of the ball, I'd like to see a better performance by the offense. And if it is tight late in the game, I'd like to see the Bears go out and show out that they can earn or sustain or maintain an opportunity to win a game late in the game. When it comes to Justin Fields, like the last two games, people haven't been happy with either outcome, right? Like you can find people that are like, oh, well, you know, he ran for over 100 yards against the Lions in the first game. They lost. The passing yards weren't there, but they were in the game. So they weren't happy that Justin Fields didn't throw the ball a lot. Then against the Vikings, they threw a bunch of screen passes and people were mad about that, but they won the game. Like it's, it's weird to try to find that line between winning a game and also having Justin Fields play you know, kind of show what he can do because this team is still trying to win games. Is it more important to have the team win games no matter what the game plan is or to show that Justin can be the quarterback for the foreseeable future? 
Well, you know, I think if you look at the Minnesota game specifically, you have to look at the first time around. The Bears were sacked five times. They only threw the ball for 113 yards. Uh, their deep, Brian Flores, the defensive coordinator, was able to take advantage of an offensive line that was um, still trying to develop chemistry and, uh, you know, solid pass blocking sustainability at, at you know, when they, they played in Chicago. So I think they went to do the thinking process early let's get the ball out of Justin's hands let's try to uh, get it into the hands of playmakers on the edge and turn defensive backs into tacklers and so you know they were able to do that a little bit and you know the first play of the game was a screen to Cole Komet and so you know I still think that if you're going to look at a quarterback and you're going to evaluate his value for the future you want to see how he does throw the ball down the field However, I don't think you wanted to go into Minnesota and make yourself susceptible to having sustained protection for however much time you needed. And then all of a sudden you get sacked the first couple series. And um, I I do think that the original scripted plays they had at the beginning of the game were efficiently run and they were able to move the ball down the field. But I think... Whenever you're looking at a quarterback, ultimately it's going to be how efficient you are getting the ball down the field. And so now second time around against Detroit, and you know, you you went on the road, and it was a really hostile environment. The first drive of the game, you went down there and scored. You said, wow, this could be a showcase for what the Bears possibly can be. And then in the last couple of drives, they struggled, but I think it was as much coaching decision to calls as it was Justin's fault, or not as faults, but inefficiencies. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Bears um, come out. Are they going to be able to control the offense again for 40 minutes and walk away with a win? Because if they can do that, I, I think they're going to show you know, improve, a significant improvement within a couple-week span. Tom, when you look at the offensive line, uh, what do you think that they're doing the best right now? And and what do you make of their ability to kind of improve over the course of this season? You know, they they finally have pieces in place. And when you talk about Nate Davis and Darnell Wright working together, I think it really has an opportunity to be a good, powerful side. I you know they're I think they're averaging at or near a little bit over five yards of carry to the right. I think Tevin Jenkins is playing really well, and he's shown a lot of power and good instincts at the guard position. And you know, hopefully he can develop a relationship uh, with Braxton Jones that continues to develop. To me, Braxton is a type of player throughout his career. He's always going to have to work on strength and live in the weight room in the offseason and try to become a stronger player that can use his uh, blessed length along with strength. And I think it'll help the two of them be uh, better. And then a little bit more consistency with the snap and uh, Lucas Patrick. And um, so, you know, these five guys can stay together for the remainder of the season. I think you can have a little bit more development with the running game, with a variety of pass protections, and maybe even expand a little bit what Justin can do for you, whether it's design quarterback runs with an extra blocker in there, Roshan Johnson. He's a good blocker, he's a good runner, and he catches the ball well. So he can do a little bit of everything. I like to see him get Robert Tunyon a little bit more involved in the passing game. So it's just not all... um, uh, Cole Komet because if you look at the rep breakdown Cole Komet has right under 700 reps 
and uh, Robert Tunyon and Mercedes Lewis, they have just under and just over 200 reps. And so, you know, I, I don't want to see, you know, Cole Komet worn out within the first two years of a new contract. And so, yeah, if you get an offensive line that could do a little bit of everything together and then include Justin's athleticism, I, I do think there's still a couple more things to explore on, on this offense because of Justin's um, athleticism. You mentioned him a little bit, but when we talk about needs for the Bears in the offseason, some people bring up left tackle and Braxton Jones. Do you think that he's someone that can, can develop into a franchise left tackle, or do you think the Bears will be looking for another one in the draft? Uh, you know, you're always looking for good offensive linemen, and if you, uh, if Ryan Poles has the opportunity along with his scouting uh department go out there and identify a guy that can come in here and either compete immediately for a starting job or put pressure on Braxton Jones to develop and be better or you know we're going to have to look um, you know in a different direction to try to make the position better I think that's what haunts every guy that's in a starting role as soon as you sit there on draft day and you watch the draft just like I did and all of a sudden boom they pick a guy at your position you know, the, the 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 warning shot has been fired. And I like Braxton. He's a super intelligent guy. He's durable. The game's important to him. He wants to be as good as he can possibly be. But it's going to take offseason commitment in order to show me significant signs that he is invested in the weight room. That if you're going to be you know, six, six or whatever he is. And at 300 or over 300 pounds, I need to see you have some weight room accomplishment that transfers to the field. And, um, so I, I wish I was privy to watch these guys lift weights more to impress me, but you know, I think you can see signs on that on the field. And, you know, there's a couple times in the last Detroit game that he did get bull rushed and got put, pushed into the throwing space of the quarterback and that's something that he's always been susceptible to you can't make a living having that susceptibility as an offensive lineman so it's something that he has to improve in both in strength and bendability i feel like we need that i feel like you would be a great uh weightlifting coach yeah. For the band. I mean, could you just come to us? Could you yeah. just take Chris and I to the gym and like coach well, us up on weights and stuff? There should be here to. at the station and coach all of us. Yeah, up. Like I, we I could just get a weight room in yeah. one of these rooms we have here, and you could just coach us all up here at ESPN Chicago on lifting weights. Right? Let's do it. We'll, you know, I got I got some weights. I could throw them in the back of my car, and you know. <laughs> Get up there and you know drive you guys like the great. I don't. You guys are too young to see the movie The Great Centini, but uh, you'd, you'd have to go back and watch it sometime. <laughs> That'd be awesome. We're with you. We're with you. You know, uh, DJ Moore this year. I think he's lived up to what I think Bears fans had expect expectations for him heading into the season. He definitely did for me. I would like to see a little bit more uh, as far as more in the game plan in all of these games. But the one player that it's been confusing is Darnell Mooney. He only has 25 receptions on the season. How do the Bears work Mooney more into the offensive mix? You know, you just have to have um, plays that he's the number one option, and maybe DJ is number two. I'm with you, though. I love DJ more. I like everything he's been able to do. I'd like to see more targets for him. But to me, I think Darnell Wright is the most creative runner with the ball in his hands. So, if, if it is those uh, you know lateral screens or if it's slant routes that the ball's coming to him as soon as Justin hits his back step, 
I would like to see that as well as you guys, you know, because I really like Darnell Mooney, and he's another guy that the game is super important to him, and I think he's good for the locker room. He has great work ethic. He's willing to – he's got the courage to go across the middle in some of the biggest of throws, including the the last catch he had to make in the Carolina game. Um, So I I like everything Darnell Mooney offers a team. I love his creativity running the ball. So um, if you're going to, you know, down the line here, if you're going to try to distribute the ball more evenly, and sometimes, too, that's just in the eyes of the quarterback. You know, the play is called, and he is the number one option. But if you don't have confidence in throwing into small windows or, you know, tight coverage, then, you know, it, you know it's, uh, it's just something that the quarterback has to grow confidence in himself so he will make those throws and it's it's a little surprising right because like last year Mooney was the go-to guy he was like essentially the only receiver it felt like Justin Fields trusted and now DJ Moore is here and obviously I, I think we would agree DJ Moore is a better receiver and it seems like the rapport with Moore is better but I, I'm just surprised watching that it, it feels like it's fallen off a little with Mooney in these games yeah, me too. You know, I don't know if it's recovery from an injury. Did you miss a significant amount of time in OTAs or training camp? Are you trying to develop a relationship with DJ Moore because he's newly brought aboard? It's all all of those dynamics. However, I do still think some of that responsibility falls onto the eyes and the arm and the confidence of the quarterback because sometimes if the number one defensive back of an opponent is going to try to take D.J. Moore out of the game, which is difficult to do, I think D.J. Moore still finds a way to get open and he makes fantastic catches and he's a super difficult tackle. But I do think that when you go through your rotation of responsibility one to two to three, I still I think there could be more opportunities for Darnell uh, in the passing game. When you look at Justin Fields uh, coming back from the injury after a month off, he's played two games, and you know we kind of went through his stats, and yet he did miss a month worth worth of games with four games there. And you know, just going through his stats and his improvement from this year to, to last year, right? The year from last year to this year, his completion percentage is up, his sacks are down, the touchdowns might he might have more depending on how the next five games go, and he might have less interceptions depending on how the next five games go. What have you seen from him? as a quarterback that has changed from last year to this year? You know, he's, a, he's, um, he's willing to expand time behind the line of scrimmage and not necessarily eject the pocket immediately, but still keep his eyes downfield. Sometimes uh, there's a, a little curious because sometimes there's open receivers downfield that he misses that you would like to see him hit at his last drop step and get the ball out of his hands. However, when you think of the play that he stepped up inside the pocket and hit D.J. Moore for the touchdown, or you see a couple of other plays that he's able to get outside the pocket, keeping his eyes downfield, D.J. Moore for the big first down they needed late in the game in Minnesota. All those plays are super exciting. And I do think Justin is still super young in his career. If he goes through another you know, 1,000 to 1,500 reps in practice, then you're going to, I think he'll start developing the confidence and the instincts that we see in, in other quarterbacks who are around or in a system for a couple of years. And even if you, you know, take Jordan Love, for example, here's a guy that's been able to sit behind, sit in meetings and sit in practices 
behind one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the league. And then you start playing um, because they they deem you to be ready. You know, Justin never had that luxury. He came in here and he was behind Andy Dalton and then all of a sudden in a system that may be a little bit inefficient for him, it was more designed around Dalton. And then Justin is, you know, thrust into the position. You don't have that time for growth and other positions can do it, but it's really difficult for the quarterback to go in there and, you know, have immediate success in Stroud He's an anomaly in most cases, but, you know, it can be done. But other guys, maybe it's it's a couple years of experience before they start scratching the surface of what they're capable of. It's so true when you say that. We rush the judgment on the quarterback position. It's either you figure it out or you're a bum and you can't play type of thing. And, and you're right. You don't get the you're not allowed the time to develop not only in practice, but in the games. And that's why when you get to like the end of the third season for a quarterback, people want to make a decision or in the end of the fourth season, they want to make a decision on whether or not this guy can be the long-term answer. And like, that's where uh, Adam and I throughout this fall, we've kind of pointed to like Geno Smith. Geno Smith was a bust. He couldn't play for the jets. And now he's a pretty good quarterback with the Seahawks. Yeah, a lot, a long time kind of went in between him being a good quarterback. And when he was a bust and everyone was out on Geno Smith. So you're totally right, Tom. Like we, we don't give quarterbacks the amount of time they may need to actually develop. Right. And, uh, you know, a lot of these good quarterbacks go to bad teams. Yeah, you know, that too. You, you know, look at, you know, Vinny Testaverdes and some of the other guys and where they are picked. And then you go to a bad team. You have a bad offensive line that gives up a lot of sacks. You don't have that protected two and a half seconds that you really need in order to run a, a real NFL pass play. And then all of a sudden you're supposed to be the savior of ten other bad guys. Even if you go to the beginning of the season with absolutely no chemistry developed by the offensive line in how many sacks they gave up within the first three weeks, Justin didn't stand a chance. And so, you know, I, I think, you know, None of us, nobody, fans, whatever, has patience anymore for development. And sometimes that's unfortunate for a guy that has dynamic athleticism. And, you know, Justin's got a good arm. He's got long ball accuracy. He's a committed football player. And just sometimes you don't have the luxury of that anymore because expectations are immediate. Tom, do you have any fond memories of facing off against the Detroit Lions at Soldier Field? Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of, we beat him most of the time. One time, so my brother-in-law <laughs> played 11 years for the Atlanta Falcons and he was an offensive lineman. And so the week before Atlanta played Detroit and my brother-in-law was a super smart guy and he memorized all of Detroit's calls and the linebackers used to make the calls to the defensive line and telling them exactly what direction to go. So my brother-in-law remembered them verbatim and he, you know, wrote them down and then told told them to me and then I shared them with the rest of the offensive linemen and the linebackers were making the pa- and making the calls in the middle of the cadence and we knew exactly where they were going and we had a super successful day and you know they had good defensive linemen at the time and so it I kind of I think about that game a lot now because when they talk about the sign stealing yes yeah, the, the original Connor Stallions right there <laughs> right right they, you know the, the accusations against Harbaugh and his staff and this was just information that 
was shared back in the day because a lot of times the def- linebackers made a lot of the calls to the defensive line. Thank you, Tom. We'll be listening on Sunday, Bears and Lions, right here on ESPN Chicago. Thanks, Tom. I think we lost Tom there. There he is. He's fantastic. We're done with him anyway. Well, it's the end of the segment. (laughs) Absolutely. It's fantastic. All right. He just hung up the phone. Goodbye. That's it. Uh, So you can listen to Joniak and Thayer and the call of the game right here on ESPN 1000. That is Sunday for week 14 in the NFL. We'll have coverage starting at 7 a.m. Jeff Meller will have the fancy show at 7. And then Black Abdal will have the pre-pre show, the pre-game to the pre-game. 8 to 10 on Sunday, and then you'll hear Sylvie, Lance, and Dion with your network pregame show, Bears Football, right here on ESPN 1000. The, the, the afternoon drive is easier with Waddle and Sylvie. Chill out. They're coming right back. ESPN Chicago. This is Waddle's World. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. Bears legend. Amazing. Nine career TDs in the NFL. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. Tom Waddle. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Welcome to Waddle's World. Come inside. Let's get weird. 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 Oh, that's right. What up? It's Black and Abdallah in for Waddle and Sylvie. It is Abdallah's Oasis. Brought to you by Wintrust Community Bank, Chicago's banks. To find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank, visit Wintrust.com slash find us member FDIC. You don't like Abdallah's Oasis? Waddle's world is a world. Yeah. Yours is just an oasis. Well, it's, what was your, what do we, we call it when Yurko did it? Universe. Yurko's universe. Mine's just an oasis, man. We just go off alliteration and the Arab thing. Deal with it. It's okay. my oasis. Go ahead. It's all Hello, you, my friends. man. Roll with it. It's now time for the latest update on Otani Watch. Shohei Otani, where will he sign? According to John Morosi about uh, half an hour ago, sources. Shohei Otani is en route to Toronto today. A representative of his agency, CAA, would not comment when asked about Otani's travel plans. At this hour, Otani does not have a signed agreement with any MLB team. That's the latest on Otani Watch. So those reports would uh, fall in line with the internet sleuths who were uh, tracking planes out of Southern California earlier today. Yeah. Suggesting that Otani was going to be flying to Toronto today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. And the dinner reservation. And it's, yes, the dinner res- reservation. The great dinner reservation. They have a dinner reservation. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it happens. I, I think, wouldn't you guess that it's going to be Toronto now? Yeah, probably. I just hope it happens today. I'm sick of this. Just sign. I'm not sick of it. What, just what is there to be sick of? I'm just, I just want it to happen. What else is going on? Nothing. Why is it bothersome? It's not. Like, just, why, why are people yelling into microphones cap. over... Well, also, there was audio played uh, this morning and yesterday from Mad Dog Russo. Yeah. He's upset that he's taking time to, to figure this out. I'm just Cap's telling you, this guy's a jackass. Yeah, he's calling he him a doesn't want to talk to the media. Well, he doesn't want to know what his who dog's cares? name is. He sleeps 14 hours a day. How serious must you take yourself if you're that offended that he won't talk to the media? How does that bother anything? Easy. What Don't do you get mean? me started. Easy. <laughs> Easy, This was Rod. a point of contention. Easy, Rod. How, uh, like, how does it impact anyone's life 
What does it matter? It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't matter to me at all. He now, could ne- never, ever, ever talk now, to the media. I don't care. If there's a big game, playoff game, yeah. he's the reason they lose. He refuses to speak to the media. Different story. But if he, but, but, but if his... Hold on. You can't, though, because... If his mantra is, I refuse to speak to the media, then he's always going to refuse to speak to the media. But he does speak to the media. After, after he, pitches. he pitches. After he pitches. But does he, does he not speak? No, after he pitches. But if he's not going to pitch this okay. year, he's not going to speak to the media this year. They'll, they'll find a way to get him to speak. Yeah, I don't care. Doesn't matter. Doesn't I'm matter. I'm just saying, like, sometimes if a player is the GOAT, uh, you know, like, in a negative fashion of a game, he's yeah. the reason they lost, and then the player won't speak to the media. I think that's a different yeah. thing. But, like, being mm-hmm. bent because he's not speaking to the media leading up to his decision, I think, like, who cares? Yeah, I agree with you. Bears injury report is out. Velas Jones. I want to talk more on Otani. Did not practice. He's moving we got, on. We got time. Oh, but that was a waste. It's a limited amount of time. Jeez. Did not practice today. Questionable for uh, Sunday. Yannick Ngakwe was a full participant today with a knee injury. He was also questionable for Sunday. Tyler Scott limited with a hamstring injury, also questionable for Sunday. And Equiminius St. Brown did not practice the last two days, Thursday and today, and he is officially out for Sunday. Also, injury report on my Celsius. So I drink these Celsius drinks. You know, they're like energy drinks. Um, It's kind of like a Red Bull, I guess, for people that don't know what Celsius is. And the other day, they were three for $6 at 7-Eleven. So on Wednesday, I bought three of them, and I put them into our fridge here. Sure. Okay? And they were perfectly formed Celsius. The cans, there was no dents, nothing. Perfectly formed. There was no dents. There was no signs of wear or tear, right? There was no roughage There was no roughage. Yeah. I bought two oranges and the grape, and I was saving the grape for today just because grape's my favorite flavor. Uh, And so I go to get my Celsius out of the fridge today before we come down, and it's all dented. It looks bent. It's all dented. Like someone dropped, someone went to grab my Celsius, if you're pardon the expression, and threw it on the ground in disgust. That's the injury report on my Celsius. People were cramming lunches in there. People were were cramming stuff, and this must have fallen down. I don't know who did it. Shoving a lunch in there is not going to bend the metal. It's not like it's a cramped fridge. That was dropped onto the ground. This was definitely dropped on this side. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, whoever dented my Celsius. What's wrong with I mean, it's not the most egregious thing that's ever happened to us. I bet you someone pulled it out to investigate what it was. Because I feel like Celsius is kind of new. You mentioned investigation, Tyler, and... We, uh, we've often, Chris and I behind the scenes with all of our investigations that we do, yeah. have thought that it would be great if we could ever approach Chuck Gowdy oh, yeah. of ABC 7 News it's and true. be like, hey, can you help us this out is with dumb. This? We don't need you to actually investigate, <laughs> but could we give you like a script to record about yeah. one of our investigations? So the other day we were in the elevator with him. It was the three of us. It was just the three of Chuck us in Gowdy, the elevator. Like the an Abdallah, not a word was said. <laughs> Gets out of the elevator. I go. And we both at the same we time. We were thinking the go, same thing. That was our chance. We, we could have asked him. <laughs> Are you in on the bit? We you bro- blew it. We both froze in the moment. It would not the moment was Chuck too big. Gowdy. He's like, guys, I'm in, I'm investigating like election fraud and like Ed Burke and all this kind of stuff. I don't have time for your. Yeah, BS. we want to be like someone stole beer out of our office. <laughs> someone dented our file cabinet. Could you record a report for us? Could you Could you help us out? It would be a great bit. It and would then, be like, so the elevator funny doors open no but this is here's the thing is i think you do have to break the ice with him once because then you know he will either buy all the way in i think he he will never look at you in the eyes ever again so the elevator doors open he got off of the elevator 
He didn't even do a have a great day, guys. No, nothing. You know, like no, sometimes no, 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 you, you see people you don't know. The hard hey, journalists never do that. Yeah, no, they never so, do that. I don't know if you'd buy into our stupid bits. No, I don't think you would. I don't think so. I don't either. think you would. Do we have any but, other sports? But you're right. We both froze in the moment. You and I were both on the elevator, and we were both thinking the same exact oh, yeah. thing. This like, is our chance. Should we, like, first of all, he doesn't know who we are. Well, also, it's the elevator pitch. We're in an elevator. No, I know. But he doesn't. We would have to start off with, hey, man. Like, hey, we work at ESPN. We have this night show. Could you help us out? We with had something? a go-between that's not here anymore. So otherwise, it would have worked. Uh, the Lakers won and the Pacers won. They're going to face off on Saturday night for the oh, dumb in-season tournament I've champion. I've got thoughts on I don't the in-season care. tournament. Nope, Abdal's I've Oasis. Got, I've got you a can, list. i got a montage for you. you can, I've got good, you can, bad thoughts on the in-season tournament. You can... You you can talk about their during uh, Blex Bubble or whatever you want to call it. All right, this is Abdal's Oasis. Blex um, Bubble. Blex Bubble. It, it did feel bubble-esque yeah, last night. It did. It definitely it did. Felt very COVID bubble E. All right. Uh, warning to all of you that live on the north side of Chicago. This is a PSA. If you live oh. on the north side of Chicago. I know what's up. It's T-Box this weekend. The 12 bars of Christmas. Avoid the area at all costs. Good luck to all of you. Don't move your cars if you live up there. Hey, don't... doll, if you don't know what T-Box is, can you explain to our listeners? It's the 12 bars of Christmas. It's the worst bar crawl known to man besides SantaCon in uh, New York, which is also taking place this weekend. Uh, it's where everybody dresses up in holiday attire, not like dressed up to go to like a holiday party, but they in like onesies. Santa suits and onesies. And they go and they bar crawl through Wrigleyville for 12 bars. And it is an absolute blank show. You'll see people walking down the streets with uh, little uh, antler antlers yeah. and onesies and boxes of cereal. And they'll be trashed. Absolute blank show. All day Absolute long. blank show. Coincidentally enough, another PSA for people out there. Oh, the right. most popular. Do you, do you want a sounder for the PSAs? No, I can give you a sounder. If you want to, sure. Next week, December 11th, Chris, is the most break-upable day of the year. Mm, I heard about this. According yeah. to uh, informationisbeautiful.com, I don't know what that is, they tracked Facebook statuses going all the way back from 2008. And the most amount of change to a relationship status took place on December 11th of all of those years. Now, I believe this is the proper amount of time between Christmas where you it's after Thanksgiving. So if you went to that person's house for Thanksgiving, maybe it wasn't cool. Maybe it didn't work out. Maybe their parents didn't like you or something like that. You get to break up with this person. It's not too close to Christmas. You don't get them anything, right? It's close. It's far enough away from Christmas where it's acceptable. Obviously, it's well far away from Valentine's Day. So you're not worried about that. Sure. December 11th. So watch out, people. If you're with someone... Or maybe this is a PSA, it's a it's a day for you to do the breaking up. Maybe you should be breaking up with people on December 11th. I heard this uh, first on Cap'n J. Hood this morning. Oh, you did? This is Cap'n J. Hood? I was probably getting my hair cut. Yeah. Well, I just want to make sure because you get very upset when there's something that we've talked about on the show and then they pull it. Was that was was this better than theirs? Or? Dude, he was behaving. All right, now you're going to rile him up again. No, I just want to know. Was this better than theirs? Or? There's, I think there was, they had a more interesting, in-depth conversation about it. But they sure. did? Well, I got a lot of stories to get to. Sure, of course. Yeah, I got, a lot, stories. Stories. I got yeah. a lot of stories. I got a lot of stories to get the to. Waddles world, sure. A woman who assaulted a Chipotle, <laughs> a Chipotle worker. Some dollars oasis. A woman who assaulted a Chipotle worker. Chipotle was sentenced to work at the fast food place for two months. I saw that. Did you see this story? You know what that is, right? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, what do you call it? It's the plot for the, the pilot from, from Seinfeld. Seinfeld no, right? He's my butler. Yeah. 
I hit a guy with my car, and now he's my butler. He's my butler. Isn't that it? As first, she was uh, slated to pay a fine and serve 180 days in jail with 90 days suspended. But the judge had another idea. You don't get to uh, go to your your burrito bowl the way you like it. And this is how you respond. So now, this is not the Real Housewives of Parma, which she said. This is in Ohio. Parma, Ohio. Sure. Uh, Florida, Ohio. Another Florida. day. Ohio. No, use it next Ohio. week. It's Ohio. Ohio. I almost saved it for you because you sent it to me. And I almost was like, Tyler, you could save this for Ohio. Ohio. Uh, but this, yeah, because I know those stories are hard to find because Ohio's be very stabby with their, with their crime. So what's the story here? So the story is now she has to work at the fast food place for two months in order to avoid jail time, 180 days, days in jail, and the fine she has to pay. All right. So my first thought is... Is she going to take the work seriously? I would hope so. It's Chipotle. I see all those commercials. They make that stuff every day. They make the guac every day. It's fresh. They make the guac every day. They're cooking it right there. Every day. My point is, if she's being told she has to do it, is she just going to show up and make bad food? That would be my concern. Or is she like, the the job she gets when she's there, she's just cleaning like... Sweeping the floors, oh. cleaning the bathroom. Well, you don't start off on on the guac, I on wouldn't the grill? think. Like, I don't know what the hierarchy is at Chipotle. I've never worked at Chipotle. The I grill know- person, the guac person, the person on the line making the burritos and yeah. the tacos, the the person at the uh, Cashier? register. Mm-hmm. Cashier is definitely lowest yeah. on the totem pole. No, Cashier's no, got to be highest. Top. Really? Because every time yeah. I go to Chipotle, yeah. the cashier is also yeah, the maintaining manager. the order yeah, like the of the line. Yeah. I feel like it's always the youngest looking person there is no. the, the ringer-upper. Why are you, why you age discriminating? I, I think, Maybe that's yeah. the most responsible person My cousin there. used to work at Chipotle, so what did they why do? you yeah. attack What did your cousin do? Put no, I, think, I think he was a prepper, so he would go okay. in the morning and yeah, then make I, the guac. I, feel like, I like, know the hierarchy at McDonald's because I once worked at a McDonald's. But I don't know the hierarchy, yeah. Well, what would the hierarchy be at McDonald's? At McDonald's, it was fries, grill. It fries is lowest. Fries is lowest. Okay, okay fries. Then grill. Grill. Uh, then drive-through. Then register. Well, who's the person assembling what's coming off the grill? The grill. The where where base, do they fit? Uh, so there's there's a group of people behind it. So it's grill. It's like it's basically like a corner. And so oh, there's not people where it is in the store. No, I'm, saying I'm saying it's basically the, the same. It's sometimes the same people. Okay. The people that, that take the food off the grill and just put it in the box and then put it where it's supposed to go, whether it's in the drive-thru like, area or the like the eating there area. You know what I mean? The dine-in The dine-in area. area. Yeah, the drive-thru like dine-in. Yeah. I didn't work in, there very long, and I was very high when I did, industry. you couldn't tell. <laughs> I, I would have to imagine like the person making the guac and, and grilling the chicken is lower than the person assembling the burritos. I would... Th- yeah, I feel like the line is higher. Like anything where you're front of house is higher, yeah. right? Sure. Because if you're the grill, you're you're not dealing with customers, right? You're not dealing with this uh, person. Uh, you got to deal with all the idiots who walk up into the line. You're go, not dealing. Can, can yeah. I get a little bit extra? Can, can I get, get more? more? Can I get more? You're little not dealing more. with can Rosemary Hine, who uh, had a viral moment, and now she has to work at a Chipotle for two months. Can I have a little more? Yeah. Just get take what they give you. Absolutely. How about that? Absolutely. The, the give a little more. Can I have a little more? Can I get person? a little more cheese? Can I get some more cheese? The worst. You don't need more cheese. Chris, could you hit me with that sweet, sweet sounder for Zoo News? Eber floats. That's Sorry, not sounder. No, that's Joey G. Some some Zoo News. Some, like zoo some news. Zoo I have some Zoo News. Well, hello, Mr. Lion. Here's the latest edition of the Zoo News. Oh, it is a Dollars Oasis, and there is some Zoo News. An extremely rare white al- albino alligator was born at the Florida Zoo, and now. 
They are bringing in extra security to ensure that this little guy won't be stolen. Sorry, little girl. She's a little princess is what it says in the quote. So they're beefing up security oh. at a zoo in Florida. That's nice. So people won't go in and steal this tiny little angel princess albino. Uh, it looks like it, this looks straight out of Jurassic Park. Look at this picture. Doesn't that look straight out of Jurassic Park? The picture of this of this it's basically a flesh-colored alligator. It's gross, isn't it? It's kind of yeah. gross. Yeah. Have you ever seen an albino alligator? Nope, They're but I had man. an albino frog as a kid. Albino Pac-Man frog? No, like a frog that goes in a fish tank. Oh, okay. They what, like, what, swim, they live underwater. What color was it? It was white. Well, no, because if you look up albino Pac-Man frog, they're orange and uh, yellow. Oh, no, it was white. That's why I asked. I'm not, wh- I'm not trying a, to be stupid. It was a white frog. No, I'm not trying to be stupid. <laughs> I had a legit reason for asking that. Not everything albino means that they're white. Right. An albino Pac-Man frog is orange and yellow as opposed to the green and, like, brown that frogs are. There was reason behind that. Uh, so, yeah, so extra security. Don't go steal the alligator and uh, and put it in, like, a weird tiger uh Tiger King type scenario in Florida. And that's what's new at the zoo. There you go. That's what is new at the zoo. And that's uh that's Abdallah's Oasis. Alright, very it. nice. Good job. I only stole one story that I didn't know I stole. It's pretty good. Well that's why I was listening. I, I heard it this Thank morning. You. I was getting they, a rushed haircut. They, well, I know. And then you threw your hat on because you were so upset with your haircut. Well, would you how would you how would you feel if you went to got your haircut and you a person who doesn't like to talk to people in the service industry. I didn't say that. Because you're above them. We're then forced to then cut hair for two months, huh? Hmm? Matt in South Carolina listening on the ESPN Chicago app. What's up, Matt? Yeah, you know, you were talking about uh, the woman that was sentenced to two months to work at Chipotle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chipotle. The question that I don't think anyone has asked is, is Chipotle required to hire her? Oh, that's a good question. Let me read. I don't think there's anything in the story about it. Yeah. There actually isn't. There yeah. is not anything in the story that says huh. that uh, she has to. Huh. That's interesting. Because, like, wouldn't Chipotle just say, no, thanks. We don't want to employ this person that... Well, no, yeah, I think, absolutely. like... absolutely. Well, if if it's free labor, though... Maybe because, at a different location, too. Like in, in, well, in, they, in, they, in they can't of, make her work for free. Well, that would be slavery. The, in lieu of the fine that she has to pay, though. Huh. Seems like we need to get more information on this story. Hmm. Thank you, it's Matt. It's not. I'm reading it. It's from the BBC. Uh, there is no information about who's paying this woman to work or if she's getting paid at all. Get on it, BBC. British right. Broadcasting Channel. Did you watch football last night? I did. Uh, last night, the Steelers and the Patriots played a game. Uh, they were on uh, Thursday Night Football, and uh, Mitchell Trubisky had, had uh, not a great night. Uh, we will relive a fantastic moment from ESPN 1000's history uh, with a certain host here on the station <laughs> in regards to Mitchell Trubisky. And that's next as Block and Abdallah fill in for Waddle and Sylvie. This is Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports.
Paul filling in for Waddle and Sylvie today here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Watching football last night, Abdallah. The Patriots beat the Steelers 21 to 18. Mitchell Trubisky went 22 of 35, 190 yards passing, one touchdown, one interception. He looked bad. And how about the final couple uh, series for the Steelers? Uh, Herb Street and Al Michaels were like baffled at how bad Trubisky was playing. Have they have they seen him? Have they seen him play? I don't know. Maybe did Herbie. It was, maybe it was the first time Herbie's seen him since he was at North Carolina. I don't know. <laughs> did they watch any tape? But, but it, it was kind of funny the way he was like. I don't know why he threw that on that fourth down play where Trubisky just threw it up. Like, yeah. What are you? You didn't even allow your team to have a chance. Nope. Uh, here at ESPN One Thousand. If we go back a couple of years, one of our show hosts at the station, David Kaplan, uh, was a big supporter of Mitchell Trubisky. Huge supporter of Trubisky. And, you know, there were times throughout the last couple of years where Abdallah and I would pull audio of things that Cap said on the air. Mm-hmm. We'd play it. Play it a lot. And we were told that some of these pieces of audio were banned. Yeah. He banned the pieces of audio. I don't think you can do that. Uh, you know, he, he tried. Um, we kind of laid off it for a while. And then back in September of 2020... Uh, Trubisky was quarterback for the Bears and things weren't going well. And on September 28th, Trubisky was finally benched for Nick Foles. Remember that when the Bears decided to go to the backup quarterback? And that day on our show, Black and Abdallah, weeknight 6 to 8, we played this where we added all of the band audio (laughs) to this montage. We belong together. I was in Mitchell Trubisky's corner, but here's the truth. He foobarred his opportunity, folks. He had the job. All he had to do was play better. We decided that we're going to start Nick Foles as a starter uh, against Indianapolis. Without saying take that, you just spent 15 minutes saying take that. No, I didn't because but you did- can read between the lines. I get what you did there, Kaplan. You sure you're not putting in the chest of Waddle, Sylvie, Black Abdallah? Waddle at least had the temerity to go on social media and acknowledge that he was wrong. Hey, the, the two little dudes from Libertyville that, were, that are on at night... Did they start crying on their show when that news broke? Because it broke during their show. Were they sobbing? Did they throw up? Did we go to network programming? What did they do? I'd love to know. Well, I keep hearing Tom say, and Sylvie, yesterday, Waddle and Sylvie were saying, you gave up a fourth-round pick and you paid him a bunch of money, so automatically, that's your guy. And I couldn't disagree with them more vehemently. Jackson, he's up first. Hey, Jackson, what's up? Hey, Cap. Hope you're doing good. I just want to talk about Ryan Pace making dumb decisions. It's just enough. I just had enough of this. I owe every single human being, dog, cat, bird, goldfish, and every other creature, 
God's green earth an apology forever leading you to believe Mitchell Trubisky could get it done at quarterback. Apologize to all of you. Oh Did they start crying on their show when that news broke? Because it broke during their show. Were they sobbing? Did they throw up? Bird. I don't know what he had in his throat. If he had Bird. felt like he had this. I have no idea. Cat. If Foles was that good, he would have already won the job because 99% of our audience thinks Mitch sucks. Well, then how is it close? Goldfish. I apologize to all of you. We decided that we're going to start Nick Foles as a starter uh, against Indianapolis. Turn the lights on in the concert hall. It's last call for the truth. Sure it is. This is Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports.